Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. What's up, everybody? You are listening to another episode of Life in English. I'm your host, Tony Kazen, and uh, I'm coming to you live. This isn't live, is it? No, it's not, Tony. This, is, By the way, this is like the third time I've started recording this fucking podcast i think maybe the fourth time i don't know but we're not doing that shit again so whatever we got is what we got all right coming to you from the united states of america i just got back from brazil on monday night and now i'm in mcdonough georgia which is like a it's a pretty small city maybe 30 minutes from atlanta georgia which is the capital you know um, and it's cold as fuck, man. It's cold as fuck. I mean, I just got back from Brazil where it was like 32 degrees, you know what I'm saying? Basically every day. Um, and now I get here and it's like 12 degrees every day. <laughs> and I fucking hate cold weather, man. I hate cold weather. Shit sucks. But it's still, it's still a beautiful day, man. There's absolutely zero clouds in the sky. Nice and sunny. It's just not very hot. You know what I'm saying? But it's good to be back. It feels kind of strange, too, because, you know, three months isn't a crazy amount of time, but it's also not a short amount of time to be in a foreign country. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of strange because I'm used to being around Brazilian people, uh, speaking Portuguese, like just things are a little bit different. You know what I mean? And then you come back to your home country and um, it's familiar but it's like it's distant at the same time. Like It's like seeing an old friend after a long time. Like you haven't seen them in a while. You get back and it's like, yeah, I remember you. You know, I know you. I know a lot of shit about you, but I haven't seen you in a long time. So it's kind of, you know, you know, you kind of got to catch up with the person. You got to you got to see like what's been going on. How you been type of thing. That's what that's the way I feel right now. I haven't driven a car in three months. You know what I'm saying? Um and that's really not a big deal, but, you know, when you're used to doing something every day and then you don't do it for three months and you come back and you start doing it again, it's just, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, man, 
uh, like I said, I just got back from a three-month trip in Brazil, and I'd like to take the next, you know, 30 minutes to an hour, basically just talking about um, observations that I made and, and things that I learned during that trip, man, because it was an amazing trip, dude, an amazing trip. Things that I'll never forget, you know what I'm saying, happened during those three months, man. It was really, really cool. And, um, yeah, I just like to talk about it. I thought it might be a little bit interesting for you guys to listen to, you know, just things I've learned from my travels. I imagine if you're listening to this podcast, you want to travel one day if you haven't already. And maybe, you know, my experience will give you some insight into things that you maybe want to try or maybe you want to stay away from or whatever, man, whatever. So, uh, but before I do that, before I do that, I'd like to give a, a few quick shout outs. And if you don't know what a shout out is, it's like when you you mention someone or something in a public forum, like a TV show or a song or a podcast in this case, just kind of shining light or giving attention to someone or something. You want to give somebody praise and let everybody know how great this thing is. That's basically what a shout out is. So before I get started with the actual podcast, I'd like to give a quick shout out to my brother from another mother, Leonardo Castro Fernandes. Uh, I mean, I don't even know what to say, man. This guy, if you're listening, man, I love you, bro. And I want to thank you for all the help, all the, the, yeah, man, the help that you gave me when I was in Brazil. Because, I mean, for those of you that aren't Leonardo, that you're listening, um, he he really helped me many times during my trip in Brazil when I was in Sao Paulo, helping me understand the way things work, helping me, you know, get a phone and a Metro pass and all these different things. Just I'll, it's great to have friends like real friends when you travel to a foreign place, somebody that you can consult and rely on and trust, you know, what I'm saying and actually hang out with. You know, we had a lot of good times together when I was in Sao Paulo. So shout out to you, man. I really appreciate you. Also, Leticia Alves, I want to say thank you to you as well for all your help. And um, Mateus Cortez as well, bro. Um, another good friend of mine in Itanyaing. I want to give a shout out to you. I want to thank you for your hospitality, you and your family. You know what I'm saying? The good times that we had, you know, it's, it's priceless stuff. You know what I'm saying? I really appreciate y'all. And also, Van der Vingert. Uh, I owe you a big thanks, man, because uh, there was a time when I was in Sao Paulo, I got really sick. I mean, really, really sick. I was doing bad, bro. Like, I couldn't even, I could barely get out of bed and walk to the bathroom. I was doing so bad. And uh, he came, took off time from work, picked me up from the place I was staying, took me to two different hospitals just to make sure that, you know, I was okay. You know what I'm saying? He took his entire day just to, to help me out and make sure I was good. So, I really appreciate that, man. Shout out to you as well. Um, yeah, so I just, I wanted to get that out the way, man, because um, you got to show gratitude. I really appreciate all of you. Leonardo, Leticia, Mateos, Vander. Y'all are great, man. Y'all are great. Y'all really made my trip so much better than I imagined it would be, you know, so I appreciate that. But now I'd like to uh, talk about a few different things that I learned, some observations that I made when I was down there in Brazil, man. Um, so let's just get right into it. You know, I'm, I really, there's no like specific order. I just kind of, I took some notes. I was writing down different ideas that I had, different things that I 
that I learned and observed while I was there. So I'm just going to go through the list in no particular order. All right. So one of the things that I learned when I was down there in Brazil is um, it really doesn't matter how much time you spend learning a foreign language at home in your home country. There's still, you know, even with all the technology and things that we have today, there's still absolutely nothing like going to the country and getting a real taste of the language and the culture and the way things work. There's nothing like it. I mean, you can go on a website like italki, for example, and find a private tutor. Um, you can make friends on a on an application like HelloTalk, for example. You can watch videos and listen to podcasts and all these things. I mean, that's great. I think it's necessary and I think it's really helpful. But until you go to the place and you spend time there interacting with people, you really don't, you really don't, how can I say? It's just another experience. Like I, I've been learning Portuguese since 2015. So I was learning Portuguese for four years before I ever went to the country. And I speak Portuguese well, you know what I'm saying? Even before I arrived in Brazil, I speak Portuguese well, I understand it. I can have conversations for hours with people. It was never really a a problem. But once I got to Brazil, it was like, shit, I don't speak Portuguese at all, man. Because it's like, when you talk to your friends on the internet or when you watch a video or listen to a podcast or something like that, you have, you can rewind the video, you can rewind the podcast, you can ask your friend, what does that mean? They perhaps they speak slower or with less slang and stuff like that just to make sure you understand. But when you're in the streets of a foreign country, when you're talking to people who don't speak other languages, they only speak their their mother language, their native language. They don't really give a fuck about the fact that you're trying to learn their language, that you don't understand everything as easily as a native. They're not thinking about that, especially in my case, where most people when I went down there to brazil most people thought i was brazilian you know what i'm saying because the way i look and uh the way i speak portuguese so they like when you're a foreigner people tend to take it easier on you right like they they understand you're from another place they understand that you're learning you don't understand all like the the local slang and shit like that so they take it easy on you they speak like this to make sure you can understand but when they think you're from that place, they they just and you just say, "Whoa, what the fuck is going on, man? I thought I spoke this language, but I don't." You know, it's just completely different when you finally get a chance to expose yourself to the real raw material. There's no filter, there's no mentors or private tutors there to help you out. No translators, no captions, none of that shit. No subtitles. You just gotta fucking. You got to make it work, man. And <laughs> that's what I learned, you know, because I've been to Mexico before and I spoke Spanish before I got there. I improved a lot while I was there, but it, it just I didn't have the same problem. I could understand most people pretty well. Uh, Mexicans speak. I can't say all Mexicans, but at least in my experience when I was there, Mexican people speak pretty clearly, not too fast or anything. So it wasn't a problem. But when I went to Brazil, when I went to Sao Paulo, when I went to Salvador, it's like, shit, what the hell is going on? Where are the fucking subtitles for this movie, nigga? <laughs> I don't, I mean, I'm uh, being funny, obviously, not a literal movie, but I'm just saying, like, people people don't have subtitles, bro. They don't. And, like, I remember the first night when I got to Brazil, 
uh, I arrived at the apartment that I rented and there was a doorman and um, his name was Paulo, Senor Paulo. And uh, he, I I couldn't understand shit that he was saying, bro. I was with Leonardo and uh, his fiance, Lisandra. We They picked me up from the airport and um, we had a great day that day. They took me to eat some feijoada at like this fundraising event and we had an amazing day it was awesome so then they took me to my apartment after that and um thank god they were there with me because like i said i couldn't understand shit that he was saying i couldn't understand anything like he was speaking so fast and with such a low tone of voice and like pronouncing the words in a way that i had never really heard before it was just everything was blended together and like 20 words sounded like one sentence and I just couldn't I couldn't piece it together I'm like what the fuck is this guy talking about so luckily I had Leonardo there to kind of like translate for me or or speak for me really um but that was the first experience I had there with people who I didn't know because I knew Leonardo and you know I met his family and everything like that but I knew him but I didn't know the doorman and I was like shit I guess I don't really speak Portuguese like I thought like I thought I did, you know what I'm saying? And I remember uh just every day cuz I stayed there for a month, every day in the morning when I leave the apartment or in the evening when I come home, I talk to him. I mean there were some multiple doormen, so I would speak to other people too, but every time I see him, I'm like, shit. Here we go. And I was like, I would try to make conversation with him, you know, because I want to, you got to practice. You got to train your, your your ears to to understand anybody. You know what I'm saying? You can't just stick with people that are easy to understand. You got to expose yourself to many different dialects and accents and all that. I'm sure you know that. But um, I would like go out of my way. I would force myself to try and make conversation with him because it was hard to understand him. And every fucking day, man, I would understand like 20% of what this guy was talking about. So I would just, I would start a conversation and he would start talking and I'm just sitting there like, mm-hmm, oh yeah, mm, yeah, mm, mm, mm-hmm, oh complicated, yeah, it's complicated, mm, yeah man, ah, oh, yeah, that's right. And I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Every day for a month, I'm just like, dude, what is going on? So that's what, it, basically, I say all of that to say uh you may think that you speak the language really really well but there will always be situations when you're speaking in a foreign language or talking to somebody listening to somebody speak a foreign language and you just don't understand everything you know because not everybody speaks you know in the textbook quote-unquote correct way you know what i'm saying people use slang they pronounce their words differently uh they're talking about subjects you don't know about so you just even in your own language sometimes people say shit and you don't understand they're from a different region, a different city. They just say things. You're like, what the fuck is that? You know? So it's like you shouldn't feel bad when you go to a foreign country and you can't understand everyone all the time. That's natural. You know? Like, I remember I went to a restaurant one day and um, I was ordering some food. And the guy, when I was waiting for my food to be, you know, prepared, I was standing there at the counter just waiting for my food. And the the cashier, he was saying something like, I know what he said now, I know exactly what he said, but in the moment, I couldn't understand him, he said something like, something, 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 counter, leave plate counter, something like that, those are the only three words I heard out of the whole sentence, and I looked at him, I was like, what, Could I don't understand, could you say that again, so he said it again, just as fast, 
and I didn't understand shit. All I heard was leave plate counter. So I thought he was saying, can I leave your plate on the counter when the food is ready? And I was like, yeah, sure, you can. And he kind of looked at me like, what? what? What do you mean? So he looked at me and he was like, no, 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 counter. He said it again. I was like, um, I, I don't understand. And at this point, I'm feeling kind of like shit. I don't understand this. I don't understand this guy. I don't. I don't. I'm feeling kind of. You know how it is when you can't understand a native speaker. You don't. You don't feel stupid, but you feel like almost almost embarrassed because you feel like you should be able to understand this person, right? And um, he after a while, he kind of he was looking at me like I was retarded, like I was stupid or something. And um, he started banging on the counter. He was counter counter here. And I finally like put the pieces together of what he was saying. I was like, oh shit, he wants me to leave the counter. I mean, leave the plate on the counter when I'm done eating. Like the light bulb went off like, ding, oh shit, I know what he's talking about. And I was like, oh yeah, 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 sure, I got you. I can I can do that. And he kind of laughed at me. I was like, fuck, man. <laughs> you just feel silly. You don't feel dumb. You just feel silly in those moments where it's like, I should be able to understand this person. He's saying something very, very simple, but I just can't. It's just not comprehending. Like, it's not getting through to me. You know what I'm saying? There were many situations like that. Like, in the streets in general, you ask people for help or somebody's trying to sell you some shit or whatever it is. You go to a bar, you're trying to make friends or whatever, any situation. There were just many times where I could not understand what what the fuck somebody was trying to say. I really couldn't. And it's, it's not even, for me, it wasn't even frustrating it was just um it was just uh like a little annoying it's like fuck man i speak portuguese why the fuck can i understand these people you know what i'm saying but like like i said it doesn't matter how much time you spend studying before you go you really don't have a true you don't really don't have a clear idea of what this language is like or what these people are like until you go to that place and you spend time with those people you know what i'm saying so that's one thing I learned after three months in Brazil, for sure, you know. Another thing I learned was that, uh, and I say this all the time, I knew this before I went to Brazil, and I say it all the time, it's like a lot of times people want to travel or they want to leave their home country because they're tired of their home country, especially in Brazil. This is a, it's a really common thing. I talk to many Brazilians and they're so tired of living in brazil they're so tired of brazilian people they just want to get away from their home country because they feel like there's so many assholes there's so many like education is terrible the infrastructure is bad there's corruption and those are legitimate reasons to want to leave a place i'm not saying the opposite i'm saying i understand that but what i also always tell people is there are assholes everywhere everywhere you go every fucking where you go bro i promise you if you never had the opportunity to travel maybe you don't like you've never thought about that before because all you know is the place where you're from your city your neighborhood whatever your house your family so if you've never had the opportunity to go to a different place maybe that idea has never entered into your head like hmm, maybe there's maybe there's assholes in other places too but I'm, i promise you there are. I've traveled all over the United States. I've been uh, to Mexico. I've been to Brazil now. I've been to Bermuda. And I'm not bragging. I'm not saying, oh, look at me. I've been to these places. I'm just saying, I have the experience. 
And what I can guarantee you is there are sons of bitches and assholes and fucking stupid people in every single country on this planet. Believe that. You know what I'm saying? So, like I said, I say that all the time. But what I learned after three months in Brazil and what I... I I better understand Brazilian people now when they say I want to leave my country. What I learned is that even though there are assholes everywhere, there's a there's a very large concentration of assholes in the country of Brazil. A very large concentration of just fucking sons of bitches, man. I mean, that's <laughs> like maybe I got some Brazilian friends listening to this podcast. I'm not trying to offend anybody, you know, if you're Brazilian. I'm not calling you an asshole. I'm just saying, you know, there's, bruh, there's. Jesus Christ. And I don't know why, though. I really, I think it's multiple, It's there's multiple factors there. It's like culture, education, you know, history. All those things play a factor in the way people behave on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, not only is public education lacking quality in Brazil, like it's very low quality, the, the public education in that country, but I also think social education the level of social education is very low. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that, like I said, all people are assholes or I'm not saying that nobody has good manners or shit like that. But a lot of people, man, at least in my experience, a lot of people just don't have common human decency. Like they were never taught to be decent people. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people in Brazil, in my experience, don't give a fuck about anybody but themselves. Like nobody, so many. Especially, I mean, I can't even say especially in São Paulo because it was the same in Salvador. Like, so many people behave as if they're the only people on the planet. No one or nothing else matters. You know what I'm saying? Like, simple stuff. I mean, as simple as please and thank you, excuse me. You know what I mean? Like, acknowledging people's presence. You know, like. Those are just the basic things, you know, but I could give you a bunch of different examples. Just people just have no manners. You know what I mean? So not just public, but social education is very low. And I think another reason that there's so many assholes is people have lost faith in not just the government, because there's lots, there's crazy amounts of corruption in the Brazilian government. I mean, it's no secret, but also people have lost faith in other people. You see what I'm saying? Like people, they don't they don't treat other people nicely or fairly because they they they've lost their faith in the good in other people. Nobody cares about me, so why the fuck should I care about anybody else? I think that's the mentality of a lot of people. You know, not just in Brazil, but we're talking about my time in Brazil right now. You know, and I think there's a certain level of cowardice that hasn't been corrected for a long time. You know what I mean? Like, every day you leave the house, you see some bullshit happening in front of you, but nobody says anything. Nobody does anything because nobody really cares. People don't have faith in their ability to make change anymore. It's just like, oh, this is the way things are. That's just what it is, so fuck it. Just look the other way. You know what I mean? But I've always believed that's a form of cowardice, you know what I'm saying? To, To see something wrong and not say anything. Is a form of, and I'm guilty of it too, you know what I'm saying? But uh, it's really, it was really common in my experience in Brazil. You know, it's assholes everywhere, but there's a lot of fucking assholes. 
In Brazil, man. At least, you know what? I can't even say Brazil. I can't say that. In Sao Paulo and in Salvador. Because those are the two cities that I spent the majority of my time in. I also went to Itanhaém, but I only met cool people in Itanhaém. I have nothing negative to say about that city. Absolutely nothing. But Sao Paulo, Salvador. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on, man. I don't want to spend too much time on the negative. It was just an observation I made. All right. Uh, and this is a perfect segue, a perfect um, segue into the next thing I learned, which is to stop taking things so seriously, man. Like me personally, I'm a very serious person. I try to like have fun and joke around sometimes, but naturally I'm just I take everything seriously. Everything. You know what I mean? I ha- I have a sense of humor. I actually have a pretty dark sense of humor. You know what I mean? <laughs> like a lot of things that probably I shouldn't be laughing at. I die laughing, you know what I'm saying? But naturally, I take things very seriously. I take life seriously, you know what I mean? And I don't know why that is. I think part of it is because my parents are kind of serious people. My parents aren't very funny people, you know what I mean? We didn't joke around a lot or, you know, my parents weren't clowning all the time and stuff when I was growing up, or at least I don't remember it that way. They're pretty serious people, you know? So I think, especially my dad, when I was younger, I tried to be like him, and he was always a very serious person. So I think I kind of, I kind of took that from him. But when I was in Brazil, I kind of just, I realized like you can't take everything so seriously, man. You can't always take people seriously. You can't take every problem or situation seriously. You kind of just have to. You kind of gotta go with the flow sometimes, man. Because Brazil is a country that will every single day it will test your patience. And test your character. You know what I'm saying? There's always something happening that's going to test you. Every day. Every single day. At least in my experience. Again, I keep saying that just to kind of reiterate the fact. I'm talking about personal experience. You know what I'm saying? I'm not generalizing the country or the people. It's just my experience. All right? And um, every day there's some bullshit that's going to test your patience. So you kind of have to learn very quickly how to choose your battles. You know? Because you can't go to war over every little thing that happens in your life. You got to you got to choose wisely cuz some stuff just really isn't worth it. You know? Somebody treated you like an asshole, somebody wasn't so nice to you. It's like, eh, who gives a fuck? Whatever. You know? Who gives a fuck? You got robbed? Eh. You know, you're still alive, right? What'd you lose? 20 bucks, maybe your cell phone, and that's a big deal, right? You know, you need your cell phone. Maybe not the best example, but what I'm saying is like, you got to really keep things in perspective. Even when you're at home, not just when you're traveling, but just stop taking everything so seriously, man. That's how you die faster, you know? That's why so many, that's why men die before women, because we take shit a lot more seriously. We get, we get angry and aggressive about everything, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, dude, just chill the fuck out, you know? Because like somebody like me, who takes everything so seriously wouldn't last a month in a city like Sao Paulo. Because there's always some bullshit going on. Always. There's like 11 million people there. Something's going to go wrong eventually. Something's going to go wrong every day. You know what I mean? So it's like if you don't know how to let some things go and keep things in perspective, you won't last a very long time in Brazil. You know what I'm saying? Like even my Brazilian friends, they... they um. And they have this this saying, this phrase, Brazil isn't for beginners. 
or Brazil isn't for amateurs or something like that. It's one of the two. I can't remember which one it is. But it's like until you go to Brazil, you you don't really understand what they're trying to say. And it's totally true, bro. It's totally true. It's not for the weak. It's not for the beginners. You know what I'm saying? It's not for the petty or anything like that because you won't survive, bro. You just got you got to you got to pick your battles, man. Just be smart, you know, and I really had to learn that the hard way because, I mean, like I said, life becomes shorter, man, when you're always focused on the negative and the bullshit and what's wrong, you know, and I think that's natural as a human to be focused on what's wrong because we're problem solvers, we're reasoners, you know what I'm saying? We want to fix things. We focus on what's broken because it's out of order. I think that's natural. I think, you know, so I'm not saying like that that's not going to happen, that you're never going to focus on what's wrong. But I'm just saying, don't only focus on that, you know? Don't only focus on that. If there's a problem, you got to fix it. But sometimes it's it's better to treat life like a comedy, you know what I'm saying? Like you're stuck in a comedy movie or some shit, you know? You got to find reasons to laugh, find things to be grateful for, you know what I'm saying? Just keep things in perspective is what I'm trying to say. You know, which leads me into the next thing I learned, which is just appreciate what you have, man. Just appreciate what you have. You know what I'm saying? Like, I believe that poverty, for example, exists in every country on the planet on some level. But that's the point is there's different levels to that. You know what I'm saying? There's poverty and then there's fucking poverty. You know what I'm saying? And when I was in Brazil, particularly in the Northeast, you know, I saw with my own eyes, like levels of poverty that simply don't exist in the United States. You know, stuff that I've only seen in pictures before I got to see with my own eyes, I got to experience it, you know what I'm saying? And it wasn't like seeing that, that poverty, people living in like shacks and living in cities or in neighborhoods where like just dirt roads they don't even have a real roof for their for their house. You know what I'm saying? They don't have running water or reliable electricity or a Wi-Fi connection or shit like that. No hot water. You know, seeing that wasn't the only thing that made me say, damn, I need to appreciate a lot more what I have. It wasn't just that, but it was also like the lack of basic infrastructure and, and education that I saw when I was down there that kind of just really makes you appreciate what you have. I mean, something as simple as hot water in your shower, that's a luxury when you stop and think about it. You know what I mean? Being able to order food on your cell phone and it arrives in 20 minutes, that's a fucking luxury. You know, to have fast internet connection, that's a luxury. Stuff like that. I mean, just... You just stop and be like, damn, man, like, really got a lot of blessings in life if you stop and really appreciate it. So it just, I would try to take time every day to really spend more time appreciating stuff like that. Just the little things that we take for granted every single day. You just got to appreciate what you have, man, because there's a lot of people out there that have a lot less and they're surviving, you know, and not complaining about it, you know. Just what I'm saying. Stop taking everything so seriously because we're quick. We're quick to complain about petty shit that really doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? Just looking for reasons to be mad about some shit. But when you stop and look around like, God damn, I'm recording a podcast right now. 
I got a computer in front of me, which means I got the world in front of me. I got food in my fridge. I got a car in the parking lot. I can turn on the heater and make it hotter in here if I want instantly. Shit like that is normal to most of us. But it's it's not, it's a luxury at the end of the day. It's not something that you have a right to as a human being. You know what I'm saying? So I just learned to appreciate a lot, a lot more of the stuff that I have in my life. The opportunities I have, not even just material things. Just the opportunities that we have to be able to spend three months in a foreign country. You know what I'm saying? To learn foreign languages, to make friends around the world, to to gain this different perspective on life. You know what I'm saying? To have the freedom to do something like that. That's a blessing. You know what I'm saying? It's it's a blessing, bro. I can't even really explain it with words. I've been talking for 30 minutes now, which is crazy. And I'm not even sure if I'm doing a good job of expressing myself because it's like, dude, I'm just super thankful for the trip, the opportunity, the experiences, man, because not everybody gets that chance, you know. So just appreciate what you have, man, because it could all be very, very different tomorrow. Tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Everything can change. So which brings me to my next point. Another thing I learned or relearned really is just to live in the moment, you know what I'm saying, to appreciate the moment. I'm not saying forget about the future, but you got to appreciate the moment, man. And that's that's really what it is, is you got to find a balance, right? Like when I was in Brazil, I had a really bad habit of thinking about the future, like what's coming next or making plans for tomorrow or next week or next month or making plans for when I come back from Brazil you know, in my first month, I was supposed to be there for three months. And in the first month, I'm already thinking what I'm going to do when I get back from Brazil. And it's like, what the fuck, man? Like, you got to slow down and enjoy the shit first. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying it, totally neglect the future and forget that it's coming because, you know, most likely you're not going to die today and tomorrow is coming. So you got to be ready for that. But at the same time, you got to you got to enjoy right now. You know what I'm saying? Like time passes so fast when you're not living in the moment. You know what I mean? Like I had to remember to really slow down and appreciate every moment of my time, even the frustrating days or when problems happen. It's like, dude. When are you going to get the chance to take a three month trip to a foreign country again? When are you going to get that chance again? You don't know. You don't know. So, like, just slow down and enjoy the shit. You know what I mean? Just take it all in and appreciate it. Because you can't repeat moments in time. As far as I know, we can't go back in time. I don't think that technology exists. And if it does, I don't have access to it. And if I did, I don't know if I would want it. You know, that's a curious thing. Like, if you could go back in time, would you? Right. Of course, they've made movies about that and stuff like that. But that's an interesting thing to think about, you know. But anyway. Anyway, um, what I'm saying is this applies to life in general, not just because I was traveling or something like that, but just. Learning to appreciate every single moment of life, no matter what's happening, you know. Like if you wake up. In the morning and you got an opportunity to do better than you did yesterday, as fucking cliche as that sounds, you got to appreciate that. You know, but like I said, I mean, you can't forget that you're most likely not going to die today. So it would be wise 
to consider the future every once in a while, you know? Save money for things that you want to do, right? Live a healthy lifestyle. Exercise every once in a while. Eat some fucking vegetables, you know? Tell people you appreciate them, that you love them. You're happy that they're in your life. I mean, little stuff like that, man. Just appreciate. Appreciate, man. Because nothing in this life is guaranteed except death. Nothing but death. That's the only thing that's guaranteed, bro. So why not appreciate everything else while you can? Because that shit may be gone tomorrow, man. Another thing I learned when I was in Brazil is um, the United States is actually a pretty great country. And I know this is probably going to sound strange, me saying that. Like, I'm not bragging. I'm not trying to, you know, say, oh, my country is the shit and your country is a piece of trash. That's not what I'm trying to say. I just, like I said, being away from the United States for three months, being in another country kind of gives you a better perspective on your own country, right? Like, you see things differently when you're far away from them. So I realized that um, the U.S. actually is. It's a pretty great place to be, you know, if you have the money to live here, because it is pretty expensive in comparison to some other places. But um, I just remember when I was younger, I like I resented the fact that my foreign friends would constantly tell me how great the U.S. was and how bad they want to leave their countries just to live in the U.S. And, oh, you're an American, so, you know, You've got all this privilege and blah, blah, blah. I resented that shit. I'm like, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, man. Shut up. Shut up. You don't know shit about my country. Like, this place, we got problems. You know what I mean? I tried to, like, I didn't want to believe. I don't know what it was. I just was tired of hearing that because people would, especially my Brazilian friends, not all of them, but many Brazilian people that I would talk to, they would, like, glorify the United States and demonize Brazil. Like, Brazil is just absolute trash. It's like the scum of the earth. And the United States is like a pristine pearl palace made by the gods. You know what I'm saying? And I resented that shit. But I didn't understand that people have a way of exaggerating. And I was just taking things too seriously. Because, I mean, the desire, like, to live in the U.S., And even being American is so strong, particularly in the country of Brazil. And I'm not saying that Brazil is a a terrible country. I'm just saying after visiting the country for three months, living there for three months, I totally understand the admiration for the United States and the desire to leave Brazil. You know what I'm saying? Again, I'm not saying it's a terrible country. I'm just saying after being there and experiencing the culture, the people, the infrastructure, the, the positives and the negatives, I can understand why somebody would say, yeah, I don't I don't want to live here, you know? And after watching, you know, a bunch of American movies, being on YouTube for too long, listening to music, uh, just being exposed to what most people think is the United States, I can understand why people would say, oh, it's such an amazing country, I got to live there. Because all you see is the positives. And there are a lot of positives. You know what I'm saying? We have great infrastructure, um, great people, good food. You know what I'm saying? Lots of things are very functional here. And also what I think makes the U.S. a really great country, one of the things that is really unique about the U.S. is the opportunities that you have. 
anybody, anybody could come to the United States and make something of themselves, create a better life for themselves, anybody, you know what I'm saying? And I'm obviously not an expert in this shit, you know, so don't take my words for like fact, but the way I see it, the stories that I've heard, the people that I've met, my own experiences, you can do or be absolutely anything you want in the United States of America as an American or a foreigner. You see what I'm saying? I think that's what makes this country the greatest. You know, obviously, some people have it easier than others. Theoretically, you know, what I'm saying or relatively easier. But that also is a very complex subject as well. What I'm saying is, yes, for some people, life is harder. Some people, life is easier in different ways. But everyone has an opportunity to make their life better. Everyone. And that's what I really appreciate about my country. You know what I'm saying? Um, And I had to distance myself from my country and immerse myself in another country and culture to really understand the value of that. You know what I mean? So, uh, another thing that I learned when I was down in Brazil is that sometimes you can't even believe what the natives tell you about their country. You just got to go see for yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why I say you can't really take my words for facts. When I talk about the United States or the English language or things like that, you can't take everything for absolute fact. You got to do your own research and go see for yourself, you know, because although Brazil does have many problems, Many Brazilian people will try to make you believe that it's the absolute worst place in the universe. Not just the continent or the world or the galaxy, but the fucking universe. You understand? And there are many times when Brazilians will try to make you think that Brazilian people are the best people on the planet. You know what I'm saying? It's it's complicated. I don't know if I should get into that now. But Brazilian people, like... In my experience, some of them have a habit of trying to make you think that their country is the worst and yours is the best. But when it comes time, when they want to seem like when they want to pass a positive image, they try to make you think they're the best people. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But the point I'm trying to make is even native people who have spent their entire life in a particular country can't tell you everything about a particular country. You just got to go see. Because many people, they speak in such general terms. Many people are really lazy when they speak. You know what I mean? Like they'll tell you, my country is this way. Or my city is this way. Or people from my country are this way. And they've never even left their own fucking city. They've never even traveled to another city in their country. And they're trying to tell you what their country is like. You see what I'm saying? How the fuck can you tell me what Brazil is like when you've never left your city? You know? You can tell me what your city is like. Or your neighborhood. The people from your city and neighborhood. But you, people love to like generalize. Because it's easy. And it makes you seem like you know some shit, right? So you can't really trust everything that everyone says. Even if it's their native language. Even if they're from that country. Even if they've never left that country and this is all they know. Nobody knows everything. So it's good to take recommendations, you know, listen to everybody. But you can't believe everybody. You know what I'm saying? And I I learned that for sure. 
because Brazil is it's a great place, man. It just depends on your situation. It depends on your perspective. You know, your personality, your history. You know, so just like any any other country, it can be a great place or a terrible place. And not all of that, but some of it depends on you, right? So, anyway. Another thing that I learned when I was down there in Brazil is that you need a lot less than you think, man. You need a lot less things than you think you do, you know? Like when you see people surviving with next next to nothing, literally next to nothing, but they're they're happy people. You kind of realize that a lot of things you think you need are just luxuries. You know what I mean? A lot of things that we value so highly are really just luxuries, not necessities, right? Like I made it three months in a foreign country with a backpack and a small duffel bag. And I was fine. You know what I mean? I think I've talked about that in the podcast on how to plan a trip abroad. Like the way you travel, for example. A lot of people, when they travel to a foreign country for an extended period of time, they think, oh, I need this big-ass suitcase because what if I need this? And what if I need that? Oh, I need these clothes and that outfit and those shoes. But when you when you stop and think about it, you don't need all that shit, man. You don't. You don't. You need clean underwear, comfortable shoes, and a camera. That's it. That's all you need. And maybe like sunblock. Because nobody wants to get skin cancer, right? And a toothbrush. That would be nice. But that's all you need, bro. That's all you need. And obviously, this depends on your perspective. It depends on what you travel for. But the way I see it, that's all you need, you know? And um, I don't know. I just, like I said, I, I spent time with and also saw many people living, like, in real poverty, man. But they were happy, like genuinely happy because it's not necessarily, I mean, nobody wants to live in poverty, but I believe that it's not the things that you have in your life that that bring you happiness. It's the things that you do and the people that you interact with, you know what I'm saying? So I think that's much more important than having things. I really do, because happiness, like, I think a lot of people don't really want to be happy. I think that I don't know where that idea comes from, to be honest. I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about it, but just sitting here thinking out loud right now, I think what most people want is meaning in their life. They don't want happiness. I think happiness is just a byproduct of meaning. You know what I'm saying? Doing something that's meaningful, doing something with purpose is what makes us happy. It doesn't even make sense to, like, my mission in life, what I want more than anything is to be happy. So I need to I need to get a beautiful house and a big car and pay taxes and get a job that, you know, I love and I want to do all day, every day, because that's going to make me happy. And what I want is to be happy. But happiness is a feeling, like any other feeling, like sadness or anger or embarrassment or shame or amusement whatever it is it comes and goes you see what i'm saying but meaning is eternal i believe i don't know but i believe you know and i think 
when you do something, when you live a meaningful life, when you make meaningful relationships with other people, naturally, you feel happy. I mean, having a nice car and a a big house, you know, and a great job and all these things, that's cool. I don't think any of us would deny those things if they were offered to us, right? But I think really what we need is meaning in our lives, not things. And I don't know, I don't even know if I'm making sense. I've been talking for like 45 minutes. I don't know if I'm making sense. I feel like I'm just rambling. So I might, the title of this podcast might be like 60 minute ramble after my trip to Brazil. I don't know, bro. I don't know. I just sort of wrote some talking points down and now I'm just talking about them, you know? But that's what I think in this moment. We'll see how I feel after the podcast and I listen to it again. This might be a bunch of bullshit. But anyway, another thing that I learned when I was down there in Brazil, man, is that we we as people, we're not that different. We're really not that different. I think when you go from country to country, one thing that changes, obviously, is culture. Right. Um, architecture changes. Maybe the foods that we eat changes or the way that we prepare the food, the clothes that we wear, the language that we speak, um, the weather changes. But people, human beings, are human beings. You know what I'm saying? As individuals, we're different in many ways. But we're still the same species. We might be different variations of the same species, but we're all human, man. And I think... There are really there are some things that are genuinely like innate, genuinely. Um, yeah, genuinely innate in all of us, like genuinely things that we all have just because we're human. You know. The desire to live a meaningful life, maybe the desire to 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 have a family, to give and feel love, for example, you know, to eat and sleep and listen to music, play games. These are things that, I mean, we all do these things, man. Just do it in different languages, maybe in, in, in different ways. Maybe we have different behavior patterns because of our culture or whatever, but we're not that different. When I go to different cities in the U.S., when I went to Mexico, when I went to Bermuda, when I went to Brazil, you realize people are just fucking people, man. So it's really beneficial when you go to another place that you've never been to before in your country or outside of your country just to interact and try to try to connect with people on a human level, not a national level. Like, oh, I'm from this country and you're from this one. Oh, but in my part of the world. No. Just try to connect with people on a human level because there are some things that don't really change, you know, across borders. We're all just people. You know what I'm saying? We're not that different. And I think you really only understand that when you get the opportunity to go to other places that you've never been before. Go to a place where nobody speaks your language or go to a place where nobody's interested in the same things you are. They're different. But they're not that different. You know what I'm saying? I think that's why everybody should travel. Not everybody has the opportunity. I get it. I can hear you. I can hear you responding to my words in your head right now. I know not everybody has the opportunity to travel all the time. I get it. But I think everybody should. And if you have the opportunity, you should take it. 
because you really don't understand what I'm trying to say until you go out there and you experience it for yourself. Like we're not we're not that different, man. We're not that different. Anyway. Um what else we got on this list? Brazilian people treat foreigners much better than they treat their compatriots. Okay. Uh, Another thing that I learned, I kind of knew this before I went, but I didn't genuinely know until I went and experienced it for myself. Brazilian people, in general, this whole podcast, I've been generalizing. I'm not saying all Brazilian people are this way. But in my experience, many Brazilian people treat foreigners much better than they treat other Brazilian people. What do I mean when I say this? Um, I already told you that in my experience, many Brazilian people value uh, the United States and Canada and England and European countries, Western European countries in general. They value them very highly. They treat these people or they look at these people like they're superior, you know, Um, and they feel like they as Brazilians are inferior because they come from a quote unquote inferior country where nothing works, there's corruption, people don't care, education is trash. So they feel like, I come from an inferior country, so I'm an inferior person, and that's just the way it is. And they start to hate themselves and their own country and their own compatriots or other people from their country, you know, maybe subconsciously. But it always comes out in their behavior and the things that they say and do. And it's just, I don't know, it's it's interesting to me, man, to see how well foreigners, particularly like uh, from America or Canada or England or the Netherlands, um, particularly American or European white people, it's interesting to see how well they're treated in Brazil in comparison to Brazilian people, you know. And like I said, I'm generalizing, but most people, Brazilian people treat us like gods and treat brazilians like peasants you know and it's interesting too because like i said before most people when i when i when i was in brazil most people thought i was brazilian so they treated me a certain way and then once they learned that i was american the conversation always 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 changed you know what i mean it's really weird man it's really really weird it's like Brazilian people, they, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't want to start making a bunch of negative generalizations about a group of people. It was just, that's one thing I definitely noticed. It was clear to me. Foreigners have a much better time in Brazil. They get treated a lot better than Brazilian people themselves. And I think there's many reasons for that. But it's definitely something I noticed, you know. Um... Another thing I notice is that a smile doesn't always represent happiness. You know what I'm saying? And maybe that's obvious to you that's listening to this, but like many Brazilian people are known for being very open and warm and friendly and welcoming. And they are. Many Brazilian people are. I met some great people. You know, I named four of them before I started this podcast. You know what I'm saying? Amazing people. Amazing people. But I also met many people that, you know, they smile at you because they want something from you. You know what I'm saying? So that smile doesn't mean friendliness or happiness. It means 
you know, I got to wear this mask so that you don't see what's really going on type of thing. You feel me? So a smile doesn't always represent happiness. Like when I was in Salvador, for example, um, a lot of people told me before I went to Salvador, and many people in Salvador told me like, oh, yeah, people from Bahia, people from Salvador, they're much more open and friendly and welcoming than people from Sao Paulo, for example. People in Sao Paulo are cold, they're they're reserved, they're mean. But honestly, bro, in my experience, I got treated better in Sao Paulo than I did in Salvador. The only people that were like nice to me, that treated me well in Salvador were people that wanted to sell me some shit. People that wanted to take advantage of me in some way because I'm the fucking gringo who doesn't know what's going on. That was it. Everybody else was like really cold, you know, looking at me like, you know, like I was an alien or some shit. Like, what the fuck are you doing here type of thing? So I really didn't see a huge difference in between Sao Paulo and Salvador. I think people are pretty cool in Sao Paulo. And you can understand because there's so many people, so much chaos going on. We don't have time to act like we're all fucking buddies and friends all the time. So people, I think, are real in Sao Paulo. You know, you don't have to guess. Does this person really like me? Does this person really hate me? It's just like, no, you kind of understand it is what it is in Sao Paulo. But when I went to Salvador, it was kind of a lot of fake shit. You know what I mean? And a lot of other times, people smile just so that they don't cry. You know what I mean? Whether it be because of the level of poverty or maybe they're going through some other kind of trauma or they're unhappy with their life or situation. So they smile on the outside when they're interacting with other people, but they're really, really sad. I mean, you can see it in their eyes. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And that's what I mean by you can't believe everything that everybody tells you, even if they're from that place that they're talking about. You got to go have your own experiences and draw your own conclusions. And that's the conclusion that I drew, you know. Uh, And again, I only went to three cities. Now it's four cities, you know. Um, Sao Paulo, Itanhaim, Salvador, and an island called Itaparica. So, you know, in a country the size of Brazil, I can't say Brazil or Brazilians are this way. I'm just saying... When I went there, the people that I interacted with were this way, you know. Um, Also, another thing I learned was better infrastructure doesn't always mean better lifestyle or better quality of life. You know, like Sao Paulo, for example, I think is probably the most developed city in Latin America. Not just Brazil, but probably Latin America. And... When you compare that city to a city like Salvador, which, I mean, isn't highly developed. They got one metro line and it runs in a straight line. You know, other than that, you got buses and Uber, you know, um, cobblestone streets and stuff like that. Very few freeways. I don't even know if they have freeways in in Salvador. Um, Just the infrastructure is not as developed. You know what I'm saying? It's just not. But. I felt better. I literally felt physically and mentally better in Salvador in comparison to being in Sao Paulo. And I think there was multiple things. Because like I said, the infrastructure is less developed. But 
The weather is amazing. The city is so beautiful. There's a lot of ghettos. There's a lot of slums in Salvador. Lots of poverty. But you can still go many places and see beautiful beaches, um, beautiful landscapes and stuff like that. The water is clear. It's warm. You know what I mean? It's just it, you can't ignore all that beauty. You can't. So when and I, the place I was staying, the Airbnb I was staying at, you wake up every day and you walk out to the balcony and you can see the entire bay. Just this beautiful, bright blue, just shining at you, man, like little boats traveling across the bay. You see like uh, little islands in the distance, man. It's fucking gorgeous. It's gorgeous, man. You can't deny that beauty. So waking up every day and seeing that. You know, leaving your house every day in the weather, it's hot as hell, but I like warm weather, so it was great for me. Like, you know, and then you go get like a nice bowl of acai or, you know, a nice hot, a nice cold beer on a hot day or something like that. And uh, you got some good friends around you. You you can't like, how can you be angry? How can you be upset, man? Life is good, you know, and maybe I'm saying that because I'm an American. Like, yeah, U.S. dollars worth four Brazilian dollars and I don't have as many problems or worries as the average Brazilian in Salvador. I get it. I get it. But what I'm just saying is in comparison to Sao Paulo, who has or which has a better infrastructure. I I felt much better in Salvador. The lifestyle was better in Salvador. You know what I mean? So better for infrastructure doesn't always mean better lifestyle. And that's what I mean by you got to. You got to decide what's important for you. You know, what do you really need? And what do you really just want? You see what I'm saying? Because I want a better infrastructure. Like, that's why I think I would prefer to live in Sao Paulo and travel to other places in Brazil if I were to live in Brazil. But at the same time, it's a really tough decision because you have to think about the day-to-day life, not just taking trips every once in a while. But where are you going to be every day? And um, I would much rather be in a place like Salvador because I felt better there. I would much rather be in Sao Paulo because things work better there. You see what I'm saying? So I don't know, man. Just an observation I made. And um, the last thing I have on the list, man, how are we doing? One hour? Yeah, it's time to get out of here. So the last thing I have on the list of things that I noticed or things that I learned when I was in Brazil is that traveling slower can definitely result in more heartbreaks. And what I mean by that is, like, when you travel for longer periods of time, when you move slower from place to place, it's great because you have the opportunity to make stronger connections with the places that you're visiting. Make, you know, forge better, stronger, more authentic relationships with the people in these places. Make a real connection with the place. And that's, I mean, I like I said in the podcast about planning a trip abroad, I really prefer to travel that way because you travel to really immerse yourself in a culture or a place and try to understand it better. And you can't do that in three days, right? You travel to this place for three days and then you leave. It's like, yeah, you visited the place, but you don't really know it. You're not, you know what I'm saying? You didn't really make a connection with it. And there's nothing wrong with that way of traveling. It's just not what I prefer. But the negative side to that is that when you spend a month, two months or three months in this place and you make all these connections, eventually you got to go back home. 
if you're not going to stay to live there, eventually you're leaving. You know what I'm saying? And I was only in Brazil for three months. And I spent one well, two months in Sao Paulo, two weeks in Salvador. And it's just like, I don't know. I mean, I made some good friends and like made connections with the place. And you just miss it, man. Like you genuinely feel very sad when it's time to leave. Not not even so much the places. Like, I miss the places, but the people that I got to spend time with. I miss them already, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, you don't know when you're going to see them again. More than likely, you're going to lose contact with them because that's just the way it is. A lot of times when you travel to foreign places, like, it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to stay in touch. Give me your number, blah, blah, blah. And then you, you talk to them on Facebook like once a year, you know? And it's not always like that. But what I'm saying is you just don't know when am I going to see this person again? When am I going to be able to hug them or share a beer with them, watch a movie, go out for a barbecue, whatever it is, you know? So you make these connections with these places and then all of a sudden you just, they get cut off. You got to go, you got to leave. And uh, that sucks. That sucks, bro. So that's what I mean by heartbreak or maybe like romantic heartbreak as well. Maybe you fall in love with somebody if if you have enough time in this place. And then you got to make a decision, right? Like, am I going to go back home and maintain a long-distance relationship? Am I going to cut it off completely? Am I going to stay here? Am I going to try to bring her to where I am or bring him to where I am or whatever it is? That's that's very possible as well. But when I say heartbreak, I just mean all kinds of love. You know, when you cultivate love for a place or a person, you know it over time and then you just got to cut it off and go back to where you came from it sucks man so it might even be better for some people to travel faster spend three days here six days here four days here and then go back home because it's like you don't you don't make that connection the same way you don't have time you know and you can make very strong connections in a short period of time in four days i'm not saying that you can't but um in general when you when you have less time in a place, you can't go as deep into as many things, right? So I'll still travel this way forever, slower, longer periods of time. But um, that's one thing I learned. It's like you got to be careful, man, because sometimes it, it just sucks to have to make a connection and then walk away from it, so to speak. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Before I forget, man, we're at the end. We're we're out of time here. But I just wanted to bring attention to what's happening in Salvador right now. I didn't want to forget to talk about this. And I'm not an expert. I don't know everything about what's happening. But when I was up there in Salvador, um, in the northeast of Brazil, there was an oil spill. And um, it's affecting the entire city, probably other cities as well. But I only know about Salvador, like the oil it's all in the ocean and it's starting to arrive on the beaches. You know what I'm saying? So you find oil in the sand. It's not even safe to eat seafood right now because you've, um, they're finding oil in the fish, in the crabs, in the lobster, in the shrimp. You know what I mean? And it's affecting many different things on many different levels. Like it's killing wildlife in the ocean. It's toxifying the water. You see what I'm saying? And it's also going to affect tourism in many ways because a, a large part of the economy in the city of Salvador is tourism. 
all year people go to Salvador just to visit the beaches and the old churches and Pelorino, see capoeira and, and, and all these things. And um, if the beaches are, you know, toxic and have oil in them, people are going to visit a lot less. You see what I'm saying? So it affects everything. The fishermen, the hotels, people with Airbnb, the the wildlife. I mean, it affects the entire system, bro. And um, I think a lot of people are going to suffer because of what happened. And nobody really knows what happened. Where did the oil come from? How did it get spilled and all these things? I think they're still trying to uncover that story right now. But I just wanted to, you know, try to bring attention to that. Hopefully, maybe you'll look into it yourself or maybe you know somebody in Salvador or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. I just wanted to share that that news because obviously I'm talking about Brazil and um, it doesn't hurt to share what's happening. You know what I'm saying? Um. I was thinking about telling some other interesting stories from my time in Brazil, but uh, we're at an hour and seven minutes now, so I think we're going to get out of here, man. I don't want to take too much of your time. Maybe I'll do a separate episode about that because it was a great time, man. I had a lot of interesting experiences when I was down there in Brazil, and I can't wait to go back. I really can't. I really can't, man. It was a really good time, you know, so I want to thank. I want to say thanks again to all my Brazilian friends that helped me out when I was down there, that took care of me, that watched my back, that made my trip really special. And I fucking forgot, man, Danilo Abreu, the reason that I started learning Portuguese, the reason that I even went to Brazil, man. Um, Danilo Abreu, Leonardo Fernandes, Leticia Alves, Mateus Cortez, Vander Vingertz, I really appreciate and love all of you, man. I really appreciate it. So, um, And I'm waiting for y'all too, man. I'm waiting for y'all too here in the U.S. Whenever y'all visit, man, we gonna we gonna have a good time. So, I guess that's it for now, man. Uh, if you're still here at the end of the hour and eight minutes, I appreciate you for being here listening to my rambling. I don't know if I like this episode too much, but I'm gonna post it anyway. Um, so let's end it with that, man. Let's end it with that. This has been another episode of Life in English. I'm your host Tony Kazen, and I'll talk to you later. Peace. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.